Listener Production. Please leave your message after the tone. Why am I jealous of my ex? I am so stressed all the time. How do I get into a routine? Is TikTok making me anxious? I think I'm being manipulated. Someone told me you could live with half a brain. This is Do You Fucking Mind? Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life. Hosted by me, Alexis Fernandez. Hello, my beautiful beans, and welcome to the episode of today. So this is the 12th episode of our two weeks or our 14 days of Being Better, the Being Better series. Um, And it's just basically my way to get you started on a really good note for the year. If you haven't yet listened to the rest of these, the rest of the episodes so far, the last 11 episodes, go check them out, but you don't have to listen to those before you listen to this one. They're all isolated topics that you can listen to not in order. So today we're talking about the science of sleep and we're talking about how sleep has an impact on your memory, mood disorders, your overall well-being, weight gain, all the above. Um, Because if you are already a long-time listener of my podcast, you will know how much I bang on about the importance of sleep. It is probably one of, if not the most important thing you should focus on when it comes to overall health and mental well-being. If you want to be happy, focus on your sleep. If you want to have productivity, focus on your sleep. If you want to have good relationships, if you want to succeed professionally, if you want to have good memory, if everything comes down to or starts with good sleep. Okay. So like I said, sleep is the foundation for all aspects of your health. And when it comes to sleep time, and how long you should be sleeping and all of that. Before we get into the importance of sleep, I want you to realize that it actually does vary a bit from person to person and from age to like from age group to age group. So the ideal sleep duration within reason is that if you, if it's babies, they need around or, you know, young baby, young babies, toddlers, they need around 14 hours. Children up to 13 years need around nine to 11 hours of sleep. Teenagers require eight to 10 hours of sleep. And I always say that like teenagers are not lazy. They just need more sleep than adults do. There's just more going on in the brain at that time of development. Um, there's more that the brain has to do during the sleep time than an adult would have to do. And adults need between seven to nine hours of sleep. But a good a good rule of thumb for you personally is if you were to get a solid block of sleep, let's say it was between seven and nine hours, if you can wake up feeling refreshed without needing an alarm clock or to be snoozed to get you up again, then you've probably found your ideal sleep time. This obviously does not apply if you've had really broken sleep or if your quality of sleep in general is awful, then no matter how much sleep you get, you're probably waking up feeling tired regardless because you may not be getting deep sleep. But if you're getting a deep sleep, then so for me, it's around seven and a half, eight hours. I feel pretty refreshed um, if I get that amount of time and I won't need to, I'll just be able to get up, no snooze, get out of bed. If it's less than that, that's where I will be needing a snooze button. That's where I'll be really like dragging myself out of bed. And that's a good indication that you've either not had enough sleep or it's not been quality sleep. The next thing to know is something called sleep cycles. So we actually go through four stages of sleep and we go through those four stages between four and five times a night. So stage one is your light sleep. Stage two is deeper. Stage three is deep sleep. 
sleep with hormone release for repair. And then stage four is REM sleep. And this is REM standing for rapid eye movement. And this involves like really vivid dreaming and a lot of activity in the brain. And in order to get quality sleep and to feel replenished and for all the good things to be happening that only occur when you're sleeping, you want to be going through all those stages of sleep four to five times every single night, okay? Then we've got something called a circadian rhythm, and this is our internal body clock, and it's very, very heavily influenced by the light and dark cycle of the day. And so that's why if you, you know, move to another country, if you go to holiday holiday in another country, we've got our the jet lag that initially will kick on, but once you kind of sync to that day-night cycle, then your circadian rhythm does sync up with that uh, light has such an influence on our brain activity and our sleep behavior and this circadian rhythm. So it's really, really, really important to understand the influence that light can have in the mornings as it helps us wake up and then um, reducing light or the kind of light that you're exposed to in the evening so you can actually settle down into a proper, deep, healthy sleep. Which brings me into the topic of blue light. So blue light is something that, you know, we we often hear about blue light coming from screens, but it also comes from other sources of light. Like when you're outdoors, sunlight, that's a blue light. And blue light suppresses melatonin production, okay, which is great in the morning because that's what helps us become more awake, more alert. We get this surge of, you know, this natural surge of cortisol in the morning and that's what you know, starts the day full of energy for us. And then at nighttime, it's when your cortisol is at its lowest and when you do not want to be exposed to blue light because we don't want to be suppressing this melatonin production, which helps us kind of fall asleep. If you are someone that struggles with falling asleep, then pay attention to what kind of light you're exposed to in the hours leading up to bedtime. And if you do need light, then kind of backlit light is the best. So if like maybe reading a book with a light coming behind from behind you, instead of you looking directly at a light, for example, a screen, phone, TV, computer, that kind of thing. Now let's kind of touch on the consequences of poor sleep. So when we don't sleep properly or we don't get a deep sleep, one of the main things that is impacted is our hormones and the balance of those hormones. So we get kind of like a recharge or a replenishment of certain hormones like human growth hormone. Then we get things like ghrelin and leptin, which are involved in controlling our hunger and our satiety, feelings of hunger and satiety, along with a whole bunch of other hormones, things that are going to affect our impulse control, our memory, our mood, all of the above. And that is why people who have poor quality sleep will likely feel a lot more, they'll feel hungry throughout the day. And they're also less likely to feel satisfied. This this satiety hormone is not really working at its best. So not only are you seeking out foods to give you more energy, but even when you are eating, you're less likely to feel satisfied and full versus if you had had a really good night's sleep. So you'll notice that also with other things as well, your recovery, your muscle recovery is going to be disadvantaged if you're not getting quality sleep. And this is due to a lack of replenishment of like a human growth hormone, among a whole bunch of other things that occur. Um, And then there's also a lot of um, links between sleep disorders 
and neurological disorders. So a lot of symptoms, early, early symptoms of schizophrenia, Parkinson's disease, dementia, we see or we, we notice a correlation between poor sleep or something called REM sleep disorder and then the onset of these neurological disorders happening further down the track. So it's this question of is one thing causing the other or is poor sleep just prevalent in people that are prone to have these neurological disorders present themselves further down the track. So to summarize this episode, and then I'm going to point you to another episode where I dive a whole lot deeper into this. But to summarize this episode, how will we improve our sleep? Especially like if this is your year for anything, I want the number one goal in your list of goals for 2024 to be have great sleep. No matter what, that should be at the top of your list if it already is not great. So the first thing that I want you to be focusing on to improve your sleep, here are some hot tips, is to wake up with the sun for your natural cortisol release and, you know, to, to set your circadian rhythm right. It also is a great way to lift your mood. So you get up and you go outside in the sun. The next thing is make sure that you have good sleep hygiene. So you're re- reducing blue light exposure at nighttime and anything that's really stimulating before bed. Blue light is not bad full stop. It's just not good before going to bed. So get all the blue light in the morning, in the middle of the day as you want. That's fine. Stand outside, get some sunlight. That's the point of it. Just not when you're going to bed in those lead up hours. Then you want to engage in daily exercise. Exercise is great to help regulate sleep and also meditation because meditation helps regulate neurotransmitters and your cortisol levels, especially when you're winding down at the end of the day. And then whenever possible. This is a lot easier said than done, but see where you can reduce stresses from your life. Now, when I talk about stresses, yes, there's going to be stressful things that occur in your life that you can't just instantly control and eliminate, but there's going to be certain things as far as responsibilities that you can maybe share with other people. There's going to be things such as what are you eating? Are you smoking? Do you drink alcohol? That is a stressor. You can be eliminating these things or at least at the very least reducing them significantly so you can have a better quality of sleep. Alcohol before bedtime significantly negatively impacts the quality of your sleep. Um, I know firsthand I can massively tell the difference even if I've just had a couple of drinks the next day on how alert I am in the first waking hours versus if I don't have any alcohol. So you're looking at, and then, and then toxic relationships, you know, are you exposing yourself to really unhealthy relationships when, you know, maybe you should be limiting your engagement with certain people because of how it makes you feel. So that is a summary of a lot of the things that I talk about in one of my episodes around um, the science of sleep and its effects on everything. So if you do want to check out that episode that I have the long version of this episode, then check out the show notes. The link for the episode is there. And I will see you back here tomorrow when I'm talking about discipline. So if you cringed at the word discipline, then you absolutely need this episode because I'm talking about how to reframe how you look at discipline and how it's going to be your ticket to freedom. So I will see you tomorrow. As always, remember, become Be kind to yourself, be kind to your brain, don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke! Listener.